Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, our sister campaigned for the women. Our brother is a strong campaigner also. So those of us who don't know whether they are women or men, there are two ministries in this church who would like you to discover who you are by joining those ministries. Praise the Lord. So we thank God so much this morning because of the opportunity he has given us. And I want to thank God because of the worship that has just passed because I was being ministered to and reminded some of the things that uh, I was meditating upon. And I realized that God has got a purpose for us this morning. Praise the Lord. Now it doesn't matter what you have been through in the course of the week. One thing I can guarantee you is that if God has purpose to do something in your life this morning, He's definitely going to do it. Somebody said that we need to have expectation in the presence of God. When you walk into the presence of God with an expectant heart, you will never leave the same as you came. So, when you leave a service and you say this service was not good, Actually, you are pointing a finger at yourself. Praise the Lord. You are saying, I wasn't prepared when I was going in the presence of God. This morning, God wants to minister to us. And already he has done in various ways through the songs that we have sung. I've listened to one song being repeated over and over. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord always. Praise the Lord. And I will give testimony of thy faithfulness. Praise the Lord. Mercy was closely linked with forgiveness. Somebody mentioned it here in the, in the process of giving a testimony. And this morning, I would like us just to share something from the book of Matthew, chapter 6. a common passage that all of us have had to listen to at one time or another, but this morning it's my prayer, my desire that God may minister to us concerning our lives from this passage. Chapter 6, verse 5, to be a bit lengthy, be patient. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Verse 9, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, 
Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Verse 12, and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14, for it is, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 15. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Father, in Jesus' name, honor your word this morning. I speak unto my brethren because, Lord, this is your word. It is honorable for us to share and encourage one another. This morning, God, I welcome your presence into our midst. I pray that, King of glory, as we share this morning, your spirit will shine a light in our hearts, that which your purpose for us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. I am a teacher by profession, and some things stood out, especially in verse 12, 14, and 15. Normally, when we go in the class, I know you don't want to be teachers, but let me just tell, take you through this. When you go in a class, this is the concept you want to deliver. And so you tell students, or those who are seated before you, this is what we are going to learn today. And as, after you have explained it, there is something which is very common among teachers. And this statement is, in other words, what I mean. Praise the Lord. In other words, what I mean. Many times I've been puzzled. Why didn't they just use those other words and then we finish? Halas. But it's a very common thing. In other words, what I mean is this. And then the tone changes when questions arise. They say, what I mean is this. Praise the Lord. Now you see there is an emphasis there. Verse 12, these people have sought for Jesus to teach them how to pray. And in verse 12, he has said, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Praise the Lord. I have picked on that particular statement because in verse 14, Jesus comes and says, In other words, what I mean is this. Forgive, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And then he says, what I mean is this. Verse 15. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Praise the Lord. There is an emphasis on forgiveness. That's why I said we had been ministered to, through the songs. Forgiveness. Praise the Lord. When the coordinator stood here, he talked about forgiveness and mercy. Praise the Lord. And so this morning, I want to say this. God wants to speak to us concerning the subject of forgiveness. It is something that we assume is normal. Because once in a while, we practice it. But it is not from the depth of our hearts. 
It is something that we practice because it's a common practice. It's an acceptable practice in the society. When somebody offends you, you get agitated, you get annoyed about it. About it. After some time, I've forgiven you. And it's as, as casual as that, I've forgiven you. But the truth of the matter is, people hardly forgive, praise the Lord. Because that very incident is logged in. It has been logged into the system. The next time you are going to offend that person, a second logging will be placed in. And the attitude, even if you tell you I've forgiven you, you say, last time you did it, okay, I've forgiven you. That's just to remind you that it is there. Praise the Lord. And somebody said here this morning, forgiveness means throwing away everything, removing everything. And that's the difference between the forgiveness that we receive from man and that which is God-ordained. When God forgives, He washes it away. No record to remember about it. But when man forgives, He logs it in for future references. And so dare not offend a man. Because it will never be forgotten. It will be kept in memory until the suitable time to hit back. The reason why we keep these things in our hearts is because we are looking for the best opportunity to discipline this person so that he will know dare not step on Kenneth's foot again. Dare not cross his path any, at any given time. It will be a severe punishment. That is why uh, David one day cried and said, Lord, I would rather have the punishment of God than be punished by man. Because he knew the severity of the punishment of man. He has no mercy. He does it in order that the pain may teach you effectively never to repeat that offense again. This was the trouble that people had. And Jesus said, there is a lot more to forgiveness than just what we hear people talk about. Because you and I are products of forgiveness. Without forgiveness, we wouldn't be sitting here. It was because of God's mercy that He desired to forgive you that has brought you to this very place. It is because of God's forgiveness and mercy that we can call upon His name this morning. It is because of His grace, mercy, and forgiveness that we can call upon His name in time of trouble. Praise the Lord. The emphasis on forgiveness that has been given there was actually just to tell us all these things that we are praying for, there is a key to them. And that is forgiveness. Praise the Lord. Once forgiveness starts, these other things start falling in place. That is why when the paralytic was brought to Jesus Christ, the first thing the Lord said is that your sins have been forgiven. Praise the Lord. Why? Because that is the key to the life of a, a successful life of a Christian. Praise the Lord. That's the key to your miracle. That's the key to the answer of your prayers. If you are forgiven, then you have uh, 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 opened the doors into your life. God can begin to minister to you. Praise the Lord. Many have desired to understand what forgiveness is. And I will just take you down to Psalms 130 verse 4.
if we read a few verses before that, this is a man who discovered what forgiveness is in his life because of maybe the circumstances through which he had gone. Uh, he says, if we start from verse 1, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If thou, all, if thou Lord, shouldest mark iniquity, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Forgiveness is in the presence of God. Once we reach the presence of God, we tap into this forgiveness. And also, this man, down in 86 verse 5, he talks of God, you are full of forgiveness. A forgiving God and a merciful God. So forgiveness is the nature of God really. When we begin to exercise it, the nature of God is being demonstrated in us. And that is one thing that Christ was emphasizing in verse 14 and verse 15. That the moment you begin to exercise the nature of God by way of forgiving, then you unlock the mysteries into his kingdom. Many of us this morning, we may be seated here, and our hearts are bitter, full of bitterness. You are waiting for, an, you are, as I preach now, you are thinking of how best to hit back to that, against that person who offended you this, morning, this week. Maybe as you sit there, in the morning as you are leaving the house, something annoyed you, and you are still bitter about it. But the truth of the matter is, that is not the nature of God. You and I, who have been born of God, must exhibit the seed of God. The incorruptible seed of God. That which, from which forgiveness oozes. Praise the Lord. God had every right to punish us. God had every right to punish us. But because of the love that He had for you and me, because of the mercy that He had for you and me, He decided to forego that right. Praise the Lord. Many times we assume if we, are, if we are forgiving people, it is a sign of weakness. It's not. Praise the Lord. It is a sign of strength and maturity on your part as a Christian. Praise the Lord. Nehemiah 9.17 Nehemiah, after struggling with the children of Israel, seeing, looking into their lives, seeing how rebellious they had been, he came to understand that this God that these people belong to, is a merciful and a forgiving God. And he said in 9.17, But you are a forgiving God. That was in spite of the rebellion among the children of Israel. That is the nature of God that we want to share this morning. That it may be exemplified in our lives. We may exhibit it as we walk in this world. We have been Christians, yes. But our lives are full of bitterness deep within. One thing that happened in your life long time ago still lingers. As I speak to you now, I speak to myself. Because there are many things in my life that sometimes I go to prayer and suddenly God shines it in my heart. And I remember actually, I never sorted out this thing with this person. Many times I've reflected back and I've looked at him and I say, Ah, this man offended me. But I need time to go back and tell this person, I'm sorry that I have held this for long in, against you. Praise the Lord. 
That will unlock the doors in my life and in your life. In Psalm 86, 5, we said, God is full of mercy and forgiving. That is just still telling us the nature of God. He's a forgiving God. So when we talk about forgiveness, we are not talking about a concept out there. We are talking about our Creator, Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Ghost. They all exemplify this attribute. Praise the Lord. They are forgiving. Praise the Lord. Daniel 9, 9. It, it, it kind of implies God owns forgiveness. He's full of forgiveness. He's a forgiving God. In Him, there is forgiveness. Praise the Lord. The first part that we have just talked about is just telling us the nature of God in regard to forgiveness. But we want also to remember, in Genesis chapter 1, 26, God challenges us because He says, Let us create man in our own image. And if God be a forgiving God, what does that imply in our lives? You know that verse challenges me more a lot of times? Because I see when God said that, the first assignment he gave man to exercise that authority was in the naming of the animals. And he told Adam, you will name these animals. And I can see the elephant walking past Adam and Adam said, are you? You will be elephant. And today, what do we call that animal? Elephant. That authority still remains. The giraffe walked around, and Adam said, you have got a very long neck. You are the giraffe. Praise the Lord. It remained giraffe. Because he was exercising the nature of God in him. The creative nature. So he was creating names for those animals. That was a small, the class one assignment for Adam. Unfortunately, he didn't go very far. Praise the Lord. He didn't go very far. He failed. Grade two, collapsed. Things Stopped there. But God gives us another opportunity. We also, we have been given the opportunity to exercise forgiveness. Praise the Lord. Because we have got the nature of God in us, God expects us also to exercise forgiveness towards the other person. You cannot give any excuse. I know of women back in my village, and it sounds very funny, very strong members of the church, in the women's team, and they participate in everything. But one offends the other. And she says, The issue between me and Trufena. Um, those, those are not the right names. I, I, you may go home and start investigating who is this person. <laughs> the issue between me and Trufena. Only in heaven will we sort it out. Too late. Too late. Praise the Lord. Heaven does, has no entertainment for forgiveness. Everything ends here. Praise the Lord. You, you are, if, if you still hold on to it, by the time you discover it is too late, it is actually too late. Praise the Lord. What I'm saying is, that's the nature of man. Human beings, it's a small thing, but we hold on to it. And this is the thing that ties us down. It locks the blessings of God from our lives. We can be so prayerful in our lives. We can give ourselves to church duties, activity, but because of unforgiving spirit that abides in us, my sister, my brother, you go somewhere and you feel like you are reaching a ceiling somewhere. You are just about to break through, but nothing is happening. And you look at somebody else, he seems just to be praying a little and blessings are coming. Blessings are coming. And what does the devil do? You see, 
God doesn't love you. That's what he wants. Building on that unforgiving spirit that abides in you. He first gives it to you. He reminds you of how useless you are. And then he begins to build a mountain out of it. You see, God only loves those people. They have been blessed. You have been praying with this brother for two weeks over this issue. He has been blessed. This is a promotion. Two years going. You have not got anything. What is wrong with God? No, there is nothing wrong with God. There is everything wrong with me and you. Praise the Lord. We have not started off. The things that we need to clear are still there. And one of the things that I am mentioning this morning is that spirit of unforgiveness. Many in the church today hold on to it. It may manifest itself in different ways, but we hold on to it. A pastor stands here and he's speaking something in general terms. In general terms. And because that thing touches you, uh-huh, so they talk about me. This is what the council does. Eh? Who told pastor? You are out now looking for somebody. Instead of addressing your issue, you are looking at the accusation. But what, one thing I want to tell you, you need to thank God. When you hear that, you feel that conviction. You need to thank God. Because he's pointing something to you. You need to clear it. Praise the Lord. But the unfortunate thing, you will never forgive pastor. Every time you see him, hey, the man of God, hey, hey. he talked to me about me last time. And that's what continues eating into your spirit. It continues tying you down. One thing builds into another. And then the next Friday, another person stands up and mentions something, a second thing in your life. Ah, they have confirmed now. These people are on my neck now. And you jump from this church, you are going to another congregation. And the first Sunday again, the, 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 the pastor there stands and says the same thing. If you are an adulterous person, you need to repent. Ah! The pastor's community in this mascot, there's something wrong with them. Brother, you are going to look for a church. You will never find a church that will be peaceful unless you are in hell. These things is the Spirit of God which is talking to you. He's speaking to you that you may be released from that bondage. The bondage of unforgiveness. Don't blame people. Speak to yourself. Tell God, go. I have got this problem in my life. I have heard it being mentioned. This is the third Friday. This is the fifth Friday. This is the sixth Friday. This thing is coming up and again. The songs the worship team sing. Just talk about it. When somebody comes to the testimony, it is about this. When somebody stands up to speak, it is about this. Lord, release me from this bondage. That is the prayer, the cry we should have. And when it does happen, God releases us. And you find our hearts free. We are able to commune with God. He's able to speak to us. We are able to, uh, to, 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 to fellowship with Him freely. And that begins to make a journey in our life of a successful Christian life. Praise the Lord. Forgiveness touches the remission of sin. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in Him may not perish. But you see, when we confess our sin, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary comes to wash that sin away. When the sin is washed away, it is a confirmation of the forgiveness we have received from God. Unless that is done in our lives, 
unless that remission is done in our lives, there's no forgiveness of sin. So one thing we are saying this morning, that the forgiveness that God is speaking to us this morning, that Christ was emphasizing in that passage in which he was teaching about prayer, it is for your own good. It is not to accuse you. It is to liberate you. It is to open the doors in your life. Because when you do that, then it becomes easy for God to, to minister to you. He cannot go against your, his own word. He has said, forgive, so that it may be forgiven you. Praise the Lord. So when God wants to forgive you, as he's always willing, he looks into your life, and the devil has got something to accuse you. You know, Jesus said one time, the enemy has come, but he has nothing in me. The devil has nothing in me. That's what Christ said. Because if the devil sought for any mistake in Christ, he could not see it. If he sought for any bitterness in the heart of Christ against those who punished, who were crucifying him, he could not see it. Because he said, forgive them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Praise the Lord. That was the culmination of the forgiveness that comes from the Lord. That he wants people to be free. And if the nature of God be in you and in me, this exhibition must be seen in our lives every time. We must exhibit this character every time in our lives. Praise the Lord. It must be seen in our lives. I will quickly say, forgiveness is not an admission of weakness. Praise the Lord. God had every right to punish us. But because he decided to forgive, he put aside all the rights that he had and said, I am forgiving them. I'll send my only son that he may die in their place. Praise the Lord. So there is no excuse, my brother. If you have never forgiven anybody, you have no excuse. Don't be like that sister in my, my, my village who says until they reach heaven. Do it now. The song has said, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow may not never be mine. It is only today that I have an opportunity to be like God in this world. And if it demands that I forgive, it is important for me to exercise it in this present time. Not to push it to another day. Praise the Lord. You have a right to punish, yes, when somebody offends you. But that is no excuse for you to go for it. God had it. But he said, no, I forfeit this right, that this person may be saved. Praise the Lord. It does not always exempt consequences. Forgiveness does not rule out consequences in all cases. Sometimes we are forgiven of our sins. We are forgiven of some things that we have done. But you will find some sins that we committed are such that they are closely tied with a consequence. Such that even if you are forgiven, that consequence will continue haunting you. Praise the Lord. Look at people. There are people in this world. People who are born again, yes. Maybe it's a sister. But back before they were born again, they messed up with their lives. Even brothers, they messed up with their lives. And maybe there was something like uh, abortion taking place. And for that reason, the devil has continued to hang on to their lives. Praise the Lord. Every time they walk, there is that guilt in their lives. The devil continues reminding, of that, reminding them of that issue. But remember, 
As they get married, sometimes there is a temptation not even to confess to their spouse that my brother, my sister, my past life is not as you see it now. There is a history behind it. I want to share with you this history. So that if you accept me, you know who you are accepting. But what happens in most cases, we want just to cover that sin. We say, I've repented. It has been covered. But what happens long into our marriage, we begin to experience problems. We begin to see that somebody is not able to conceive. Somebody is not able to father because of the problems that they had behind there. Praise the Lord. Because they were never bold enough to come before God and say, yes, I repent of this. And boldness, I say, is this. is a willingness to say this is sin even if you participated in it. Praise the Lord. The moment you cover it, you want it just to be wished away. You are actually condoning it. You are actually holding on to it. So you find that the devil has got something to accuse you of because of your past. It is important that we set our lives straight. So that when we begin, we experience forgiveness from God. It is from a free heart. That's why I love sometimes. You hear people give testimonies. And they say, I was doing this. But God has saved me. And sometimes you see brethren say, why does he say this? Why is he confessing this? God has already forgiven. Let him live. But there is power in that confession, brethren. The devil begins to realize you are no longer embarrassed because the blood of Jesus has washed you. You are no longer guilty because of the blood of Jesus Christ that has washed you. You have embraced the power of forgiveness in its totality. You know that God has done it and he will never look back into it again. But you are trying to encourage somebody in the congregation who may be going through the same experience and is hesitating. We will be sharing in a short while why it is important for us to do away with these things and to make a clear confession. Because the devil uses this as a secret way of holding people. You do something and you just go into your closet, oh, forgive me Lord, forgive me. Then you walk away. But you see the truth of the matter is this. The devil is cunning. In the first place is the one who took you there. The second case, he will make another person see you there. And then you keep quiet. So when you come around, you think everything has been done in your closet. The devil reminds. Even that, that person says, don't you remember? Remember Moses? He went to help. He killed. The intention was good. He wanted to help the children of Israel. But the methodology was bad. And he thought everything had been hushed down. The next day he comes, confident. What is he told? You want, who appointed you to be judge over us? You want to kill me like you killed the other one. What happened to Moses? He ran away. Praise the Lord. This is the danger. If Moses had said, yes, I killed. And God has forgiven me. I am a different person now. Today I'm not going to fight you. I just want to talk to you. That person will not have had any other thing to say. But the devil will always be crafty. He wants you to touch the, that sin. He wants you to participate in it. And then there will be guilt conscience in you. No forgiveness. You want to hush it up. But then when it comes out, at the time when you want to stand for the Lord, somewhere in the background, at the back of the, con the, back of the congregation, he has got a picture showing you what you did. 
So you find yourself just coiling down and walking away. But tonight, we want to say, today it is all over. We want to tell the devil, we know what you have been doing in our lives. You've been trying to tie, tie us down because of our past. You've been trying to tie us down because of our sin. Because of unforgiveness. That guilt in us. We feel unforgiven. And we are unwilling to forgive. Both ways it works. That spirit will always haunt us and hold us down. Praise the Lord. Forgiveness is not a public show. In Matthew 18, 35. The Bible says, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone, everyone his brother, their trespasses. Just uh, we read it again. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do. If we start from the 34, and, and his, his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. And then verse 35. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother and their trespasses. Praise the Lord. Now the emphasis on the word heart. Praise the Lord. I said there are people quickly because they want to look. I mean to look civilized. I've forgiven you. Or because he's a politician and he's seeking for popularity. Somebody has done something wrong, he says, I've forgiven you. In public. For the public consumption. But deep within our hearts, something is slicing inside like a knife. If I get this man in a proper place, I will teach him one or two things. But the smile on our face tells everybody everything has been sorted. Now, I deal with young people in school, and sometimes you can find very interesting characters. They fight there in the toilet, then they realize that a stern action is going to be taken. So they compromise among themselves. If we say we were fighting, we are going home. So we were just playing. You can see blood coming out of the... We were just playing. There was nothing, no problem. The truth is that they have not sorted out that problem. They have already promised each other, outside we are going to see each other. But in my presence they say, Sir, everything is fine. No, we sorted, leave it to us. So you wonder, how do you proceed with this kind of situation? What God is telling us in his scripture is this, brethren. This is a man who had been forgiven so much by his boss. He, was, he had been forgiven. But somebody else owed him something small. When he walked out of the presence of the boss and reached the door, he remembered what the other person owed him. He forgot the mercy that had been shown to him and went for his data. What happened? The Bible says, when the boss heard about it, he decided now to annul what he had decided. He had forgiven him. But he decided now to execute the punishment. Praise the Lord. Because the man had not learned even from being forgiven. That it's important to forgive. 
It is important for us to forgive. But in 35, the Bible talks of the heart. And that's why I was giving the example of the young man. It is good to forgive. Let people know you have sorted out things. But let it be rooted from our spirit. Let it not be something that you still hold on to. The devil will keep reminding you of the wrong things that our brother has done to you. The devil will remind you of what your wife has done to you. The devil will remind you of what your husband has done to you. The devil will remind you of what your father has done to you. The devil will remind you of what your children have done to you. But it is up to you at that moment to remind him, I have forgiven them. I have decided to forgive them. My father is a forgiving God. I have his nature inside me. I have decided also to exercise that nature in this circumstance. I want to forgive. It is going to be a battle. Because the devil realizes he's losing. He will keep piling pressure on you. The same person will make another mistake. That's the time you need to reinforce that forgiveness. And say, I have forgiven him. As my father forgives, so have I forgiven. Let it be reinforced over and over. Then you will begin to enjoy the peace of mind. An unforgiving spirit can consume you, brethren. It will mess you up. It will eat up the inner being. It will defeat you, your Christian growth. You will never progress at all. Because the devil will use that as a launching pad in your life. And as we read in the book of Job, the sons of God were gathered before God. And he saw the devil there. And he asked the devil, did you see my servant Job? Praise the Lord. Did you see my servant Job? Because he did not have something to accuse Job of. Because he did not have something to accuse Job of. He only started protesting. Have you not shielded him? He protested of what God had done to Job. But if Job had done something wrong in his life, brethren, it will be chaos in the life of Job. Job had learned not to touch these bad things. And lastly, in the book of Job, you see him praying for his friends, the ones who are accusing. This is a man who had come to a point to appreciate the power of forgiving. When somebody begins to pray for his enemies, for those who accuse him, it is because he has risen above the accusation. He has forgiven to a point he can now pray for them. There comes victory in the life of that person. Praise the Lord. Uh, I think time is moving so fast. I just want to mention a few things and we close up. I've mentioned something like abortion. These are things that continue haunting us in our lives. I mentioned things like adultery. The guilt that goes along with them. Now you are asking me, why are you mentioning these things in the church? Because they could have happened a long time ago. Before you got saved. Praise the Lord. But the devil still drags them to show them to you again and again. And it causes your life not to be progressive at all. Because whenever you want to move forward, something comes up and just exposes that old filth. But we want to say it is all gone. We want you to be confident that God has washed it away from your life and you are now new. There are people who have had illegitimate children. But this thing haunts them. There are people in my country who abandon children in the beans. They never even bother about them. But you know you left your child there. 
So it comes to a time when you are born again. And these things continue coming, haunting you. The devil has got no right to continue holding you captive of that. Tell him, I have sinned, I sinned, yes, but Christ has forgiven me. Praise the Lord. The guilt of sin cannot continue to haunt us. Zacchaeus was a man full of guilt because of the 10%. Every time somebody paid tax, 10%, 10%. And that very day, when Jesus was walking by, Zacchaeus said, with my shame, I'll climb the tree. I'll not hide myself because he that hideth his own iniquities forsaketh his own mercy. So if I hide my sin, God will not have mercy on me. He will not be forgiving upon my life. Zacchaeus was guilty all through. But on this day, he gave himself. And God saw him. He sat on the tree where everybody could see. The 10% is there. And Christ came. He said, come down. Praise the Lord. Come down. The children would run after Zacchaeus and say, Mr. 10%, Mr. 10%. On this day, he said, my 10%, I surrender it to God. I am climbing the tree. Praise the Lord. I want to say this as I finalize. There were two cooks. Somebody shared with us this. Two cooks. They were on duty. And every evening, they had duties to wash the dishes. And this brother went on and said, one day, there was the delivery of chicken in that kitchen, in, the, in that uh, restaurant. And one of the cooks, after they had delivered, one of the cooks went into the changing room. The one who was still there looking after the, uh, the chicken took one quickly, stashed it in his coat, and kept quiet. But unfortunately, when the, he was putting in the coat, the other one was returning and he saw and he kept quiet. He watched, he saw him keep, hang his coat, and kept quiet. And then he came. It was the duty of that one who was hiding the chicken to wash the dish. Uh, the, I mean, it was the duty of this one who saw him to wash the dishes. But when it reached time, he put on his coat and told his friend, Bye bye, I'm going. The other one said, No, it's your duty to wash the dishes. He said, Okay. Today I'll wash. He washed. Then went. That man went happy at home. He gave the wife the cuckoo. They prepared the eat. Cuckoo is chicken. Sorry. I'm using my... <laughs> the chicken. They ate. And they were, their family was happy. The next day he came. It was his duty. He washed the dishes and went. The third day, it was the duty of the other one to wash the dishes. When he came, the time was there and he said, Sorry, I'm not washing the dishes. Halas, you wash. Why? Remember the cuckoo. The next duty, remember the cuckoo. Remember the cuckoo. The man said, I am going to die with these dishes now. Every day, I have to remember this chicken. No. He was sad in the house. The wife asked, you have been happy. What is happening? No, no, no. Don't worry. Men don't confess that. Don't worry. I'll take care of it. He woke up one day and said, no, this is too much. He went to the manager and said, sir, I have a confession to make. The other day, I stole chicken and took it home. For that reason, I've been washing dishes throughout the week. I am tired. 
The manager said, shake my hand. Thank you very much. I know this thing goes on, but you are the first person to come and confess. Praise the Lord. Tonight, God wants to set you free. The devil cannot hold you captive. Let's stand up. We will not remain captives because of the guilt that is of the things that we committed. We must release ourselves for God to bless our lives. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you tonight. We give you praise because you are our Father and our King. As we stand before you, Lord, there are many things that the devil is accusing us of. This morning, we want to be free. We want to be set free in your presence, God. No more captives to the the enemy. No more captives to blackmail. The devil has had enough of our lives, Lord. But we pray tonight, by the power of the Holy Ghost, we are free indeed, O Lord. The past is gone. Our lives are new. We want to grow in our Christianity. We want to rise, O Lord, because of your presence in our lives, Lord. Father, we thank you for forgiving us. You are full of mercy. You are full of forgiveness. Father, show your mercy upon our lives tonight. Because you are a loving God. Thank you that you have forgiven us this morning. As we go home, Lord, we pray that your peace be upon our lives. Encourage us to call upon you every moment. When the devil comes, that we may say to him, We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. book of Genesis chapter 50, we hear these immortal words by Joseph. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. God is telling us. God has just spoken to us, and he's told us to forgive. You and I may be harboring something against somebody. You and I may be harboring something against our brothers, our sisters, our colleagues, our boss. But remember, they might have meant it for evil. But God has you in his hands. No evil shall befall you. Because God is going to make you come over that issue. That's our God. That's our God. The question is, can you, have you forgiven your brother, your sister, your colleague, your boss? Have you saved the offense in your memory? It is time to hit the delete forever button. Not just the delete button, but the delete forever button. That is what God is telling us today. Forgiveness is a divine character. And you were reminded, and I was reminded, that each one of us is made in the image of God. Do you have that mind of Christ to forgive? 
you are created in the image of God. You are the seed of God. And forgiveness is a divine character. Do we have that divine character of forgiveness? Let's turn to the Lord and ask Him. The Lord has spoken to us clearly. We often acknowledge that our sins have been washed by what Christ did on that cross. And we have no fear in acknowledging that. But there is a prerequisite. And that is, can you and I forgive the little, the petty little offense that somebody has done against us? By hanging on that cross, God, Jesus Christ, saved you and me from eternal damnation. But are we going to lose it? Because we have chosen not to forgive that very tiny, minuscule sin that your brother has committed against you. God is asking us that question today. It's time to turn to the Lord. It's time for each one of us to say, Father, if I have to forgive my brother today, let me do it right now. And delete from memory any offense that my brother, my sister, my boss, my colleague has against me. Let's pray. Father God, we just want to thank you, Lord Father, because you have spoken. And you have spoken clearly, Lord Father. Father God, we do not want to jeopardize our future, Lord. We do not want to put ourselves in a position where our future is in doubt, Lord Father. We know, Lord, that you hung on that cross so that you and I, so that each one of us can have an eternal future in your presence, Lord Father. Father God, we do not want to jeopardize that, Lord. We do not want to lose that, Lord Father. And Father God, I pray, Lord Father, that if there is any offense made against us that we are still holding and harboring in our heart to take revenge in any future day, Father God, today we just put it at your feet, Lord Father. And we say, Lord Father, cleanse us. Help us to delete that offense. That our forgiveness of our brother and our sister may truly be a forgiven and a forgotten issue, Lord Father. Father God, help us not to remember it, to bring it to remembrance at any point, Lord Father. Father God, we thank you, Lord Father, that you have spoken to us today, Lord. And Father God, we receive your word with gratitude, Lord Father. We thank you, Father God, for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord Father. And Father God, we pray, Lord, that even as you use him the more in this place, Lord Father, you will reveal greater truths to us through him, Lord Father. We pray, Lord, that multiple portions of your anointing be upon him, Lord Father. Bless him and his family, Lord Father. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to use them in days to come. Father God, we commit every one of us into your hands, Lord. And I pray, Lord Father God, that even as we go out from here, Lord Father, we will walk with this new knowledge that you have given us, Lord Father, and we will activate it in our life. We thank you, we praise you, we give glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.